Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and thank you so much for being here with us today. I greatly appreciate you here getting the resources you need to recover your child from their symptoms of autism and remembering that the definition of recovery is to regain health. And that's what I did for my own son after I had been told that after he was diagnosed with autism, I was told to drug him and try behavioral therapies and that that would really be all we were going to be able to do for him. But as today's show gets into, my background is uh, is as a craniosacral therapist, and that is today's topic. And I want to share with you that the brain can and does heal. And if you get the toxins out of the way and you give the body the nutrition it needs and you heal up the gut, you do these 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 various steps, get rid of the co-infections, your child can recover from their symptoms of autism. Now, we know that every child's uh, level of recovery is different, but they definitely can get better. And I want to share with you that today my son is fully recovered. And because of that, I had to share what I had learned. And now it's been well over a decade. I'm headed into almost 14 years on just autism research alone. And after I discovered what needed to happen and got my son, my own son better, I knew I had to share it with you because with one in 39 kids being diagnosed with autism today, there are so many children around the world and so many parents like you who need these resources so that you know what to do. There's so much confusion out there about what to do. You're researching the internet. I remember it well, days and nights, countless hours, reading books, uh, going to every kind of therapy I could find to, to trial and experiment to see if it would help my son. And, um, and it all came down to uh, basically what I always talk about, what I call now my four stages. And I've put it into an online program that is, has exploded into over 40 countries now. And, um, and I'm so grateful because parents like you can get these resources now. And, uh, and, and on the page that I link to for this show at, at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 38, the number is 38, um, I'll give you the links for um, what we're going to talk about today, which again will be craniosacral therapy. And uh, also uh, to the programs that I the program that I offer, and uh, there is a free webinar on that page. But I want you to know that uh, about a week from today, coming up soon, I will be doing a live webinar for you, and it is free. And for this uh, this entire month, I've been giving away a free resource every day of the month with PDFs, and checklists, and video tutorials. So if you have not uh, if you did not know about that until now or you have not uh, looked into the, to those resources yet, you can still grab them at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 30 days. Just the numbers to three zero and days. No, no, uh, no spaces there. And uh, get those resources. And what I'm going to do in this live webinar uh, that I'm doing uh, soon in just a matter of days now is taking those 30 days of resources and helping you put them into actionable steps. Because I know that, again, back to the, the whirlwind of confusion out there, I want, it, I want you to know how, you as, how, as a parent how to utilize the best natural autism resources so you can save yourself both the time and the money that you're putting out so, and, and get the optimum results. And that's really what it's about. I'm helping you, uh, hopefully, to shortcut the system so you don't have to spend so much time like I did uh, <laughs> to research and figure out what to do because there is so much out there. Uh, if you are not on um, my 
my mailing list yet. Um, if you want to go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com, up in the upper left-hand uh, corner of the, the website, you can subscribe for weekly resources right there at the top left corner of the homepage. And I will make sure, if you're then on my mailing list, that you will be notified for the link to that live webinar as well. Uh, so I hope that you're there. I'd love to have you join me and um, and get you some more um, some more actionable steps and, and help to put things in a little bit more of a sequential order for you to help simplify life. And today's topic, as I mentioned, is craniosacral therapy. And that is my background. And Fortunately, when my son was diagnosed, which was now uh, 13 years ago, I had already been a craniosacral therapist for almost two decades, over, over a decade and a half or so at the time. And so I knew, and I had a lot of holistic background. I'm very much into natural resources, uh, drug-free options. I didn't want to use drugs that I knew had negative and some dangerous side effects or would just mask symptoms, but not really get at the cause of the problem. And that's really what we want to do is get to the causes of these symptoms. Now, there are a lot of things that can mimic autism. And we've mentioned, you know, in past episodes, and if you've been following me a lot, we we talk about healing the gut and how much the gut controls the brain. And that is very, very important. But it is much more than just diet alone. But that is that is a big piece of it is the gut. You've got detoxification, not only of the pathogenic bacteria in the gut, things like candida and yeast, etc., but you've got heavy metals that you need to know how to detoxify from. And then there are all the co-infections, which are Lyme's disease, the mold biotoxins, uh, PANS or PANDAS, which are the, the some are associated with streptococcal infections, um, various things that our children very, very commonly have. They say close to 100% of children with autism have Lyme's disease that goes undiagnosed or undetected. And so you want to know about these. And I do, I do get into these in my, my free webinars as well. So I will share all that with you. You can also find them uh, on my past radio show archives and in my website. But um, those are very, very important. They must, they, many of those things will mimic the symptoms of autism and cause a lot of the behavioral outbursts, the problem sleeping, the digestive disorders, uh, mood swings, lack of ability to concentrate, and, and uh, just, you know, it goes on and on. The, the levels of anxiousness, the, the feelings of, or the, the dyslexia or the depression. And so these things can, why, by working with these other stages, it's very important that can, a lot of those things can be worked through. But then there comes to brain repair. And that's where craniosacral therapy comes in. And it's a, it's a way to balance the bones around the head or, or on the head to help to balance the brain. And ultimately, it's about allowing the brain to function at optimum. So we're going to take a short break here. And when we come back, I'm going to give a, a, a much more detailed description and we'll go into what craniosacral therapy can do for your child and for you as well. So you're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. Stay with us. We will be right back. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and today we are talking about craniosacral therapy. 
therapy. And it is my background. As of today, uh, I have been a craniosacral therapist for 29 years, almost 30 years. And uh, and uh, prior to that, for about five years, I was a licensed massage therapist. And I knew as I was working on the body, doing, uh, doing body work with massage, that so many of the issues that I found I was working with were caused from more of a, a deeper level. There seemed to be an emotional component that underlie, was underlying, and I really wanted to reach the system at a deeper level. So as I began, you know, as you put the energy out there to, to looking further, I, uh, I got something in the mail and, and uh, about a craniosacral therapist uh, a, a teacher. He is an osteopath. His name is Hugh Milne, and he ended up being my teacher for many, many years. I assisted him in classes later on for many years, and now he's a good friend as well. Uh, but he was the one who taught me craniosacral therapy in his courses. And what I learned was how much the bones around the head will affect the brain and how much that affects us both physically and emotionally. And I used to do the work on my son when he was an infant just because I knew the work. And I would have my husband hold him while he was sleeping, um, which is a great way to do it. And I'll get into some of that, too, for your children who won't hold still, uh, because you do want to have a child that holds still during cranial work. But just to give you, let me start back from the beginning here. And the background of it is that. So the cranial bones are the bones around the head, as I or, or of the head, as I mentioned, and they the, the bone at the back of the head called the occiput connects down along the spinal cord to the sacrum, which is the bone at the base of the spine uh, in your below your lower back there, and they are very directly connected, hence the word cranial for cranial bones and sacral for sacrum. So it's craniosacral is the word. And if our cranial bones are off, it will pull on that, that tube is called a dural tube that connects the two, the, the sacrum and the cranial bones. And it is 95% inelastic, which means it does not have a lot of give. So if the cranial bones are folded out of balance, it will pull on the sacrum and vice versa. A low back problem can actually be a problem starting or stemming from cranial bones. So it's important to be able to connect those two. Um, they also, uh, how it works is that all of the bones in the head, they all have, and as well as the sacrum, have this very, very small micro movement. And it's called the cranial wave. And you can attune it to uh, just as when we get stressed or or um, or calm, but more more so when you get stressed, you notice that you're very aware that your breath might change. You might be start breathing more rapidly. You might watch your child breathe more rapidly when they get more stressed, uh, or that the heart rate changes. You can even feel your heart heart rate pick up when you're stressed and things like that. But the third piece to, to that, that the body's response is the cranial wave. And that cranial wave uh, is very, very important. That's, that it's a micro movement for each bone in the head. And they are all supposed to move in a very specific, we call it flexion or extension pattern. And when they're not moving in their normal patterns, then that the brain, especially that part of the brain or the cranial nerve it's affecting, cannot function at optimum. It can't work properly. And I'm going to go into some of these specifics because it'll help you be able to relate to some of the things you might notice in yourself 
or especially your child what might be going on. Uh, it's very important to get craniosacral work. Um, with this, um, I, I will also link to a craniosacral tutorial video that I made for you, and it's again on the page that I made for this uh, this show today at, at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 38, just the numbers 38. That craniosacral video, I have two holes holds that I am sharing so you can get a good visual, and it's something that you can do on your own child at home. Now, listen to the video uh, where I give you the instructions about how to do it very, very, it's very important that you're very gentle when you do this work. The cranial bone surprisingly can be moved very easily, and many people think it has to be a, um, a physical trauma also that that causes a cranial bone to be moved out of place. We call it faulting, faulted out of position. And so if a cranial bone is faulted, then, um, then, you know, it could happen from multiple ways. It can, of course, be a physical blow. And this can also be where you might notice your child is, if they're a headbanger, if they tend to bang their head on a, a walls or tables a lot, things like that. Um, or I had uh, one woman, she brought her son to me, and uh, he was eight when she brought him. And she said when he first pulled himself up on the coffee table when he could first learn to walk, uh, that he would hit his head on the coffee table. And one of his first, his first words, she said, were head hurt. And so, you know, they're doing this because their head hurts. And it's an innate response to try and change things, to try and move something and make something happen. But actually that makes it worse. So if you see your child banging their head on anything, or if you or your child, anybody hits their head on something, it definitely can have a negative impact very quickly. So you want to stop that if that happens, uh, or even after dental work, uh, which I can talk about a little bit here too in today's show. Those things will all impact the cranial bones a lot. So it's very, very important. So you've got physical trauma, and then you've got emotional trauma. Now, heavy stress, which our kids' bodies are under because of the high inflammation and the toxic load. Heavy stress uh, can cause a lot of these issues with the cranial bones getting faulted out of position. And I'll explain that in a moment, too. And then also uh, toxins. Now, after doing this work for so long, I have realized that uh, that. Um, I can actually tell. It's a very, very intuitive type of work. It's done very slowly, very gently. The person is very relaxed. It's very, very relaxing for the person on the table. And um, I've noticed when I can tell kind of a difference between a physical trauma an emotional stress-related one, and something underlying which feels more of a toxic load in the system. And so these things can all cause the membrane around the cranial bones, which keeps it secure, protected, and congruence, and gives congruency to those all of the bones moving. But what it does also is it tightens up to protect when one of these three things that I mentioned happen. And when it tightens up, it can cause faulting of the cranial bones because then they're restricted from that natural flexion extension motion. Now today, Andrew's mom had brought him to me or this little boy had, had been brought to me by his mom years later uh, when she found out about me. And uh, again, he was eight years old. And after two sessions, I saw him uh, and uh, and they came and I then I would see him on the schoolyard and, and uh, I said, how's your head? And he said, it doesn't hurt anymore. And so it's really a matter to with the children with autism that I see 
uh, it's a matter of getting a child to to that first appointment. And then once they get there, um, I can explain uh, a little bit more about what needs to happen in a session because I do need to remain calm. Uh, the, the, you want an educated practitioner, and I've given links as far as how to find an educated practi- practitioner near you in different parts of the world uh, on the page that I linked to, again, for today's show uh, at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 38. But... Um, if, if the child is able to hold still, then that's great. And if they're not, then either uh, while they're sleeping, that would mean you doing a couple of the holds like I, I uh, demonstrate in the video that I gave to you, or you could find out if there's any craniosacrotherapists that you know that were, would be willing to come to your, child, to your home while your child is sleeping. I know that's challenging. Otherwise, um, a, an infant or a, a small child, if they're suckling, whether it's breastfeeding or on a bottle, that's a good time to do it. Uh, give your child an iPad to, to stare at to distract them or a book or something else, a toy, um, to try to get them to hold still. But... Uh, but if if Andrew, if this little boy hadn't gotten craniosacral work, he would have grown up to be a man with probably heavy headaches and probably low back problems and other things. And they really wouldn't have known why that happens. And I can explain to you in birth, there are some some things that will happen that will cause a lot of cranial faulting as well. So uh, very colicky babies or um Babies with a lot, again, digestive issues or respiratory issues. You might see uh, uh, some children with asthma and things like that. And the occiput, the bone on the back of the head, is the the most subluxated or, or moved out of balance bone that's moved out of balance during birth. And if that doesn't get fixed and balanced back into place by a craniosacral therapist, an educated one again, then you can, that those bones will pinch on the, the right there is the vag, one of the vagal, vagus nerve branches, and that can cause a lot of anxiety uh, and also disrupt digestion. So, uh, and respiration. So those are things to be aware of that could be some of the symptoms for your child. Now, again, we're wanting to make sure we're doing gut healing and detoxification and working with those co-infections, but craniosacral therapy is very, very helpful. I find that kids who might have originally been a little afraid to come to the appointment, once they come, their moms tell me that they say, mom, it's time for me to go see Karen again. Like the children ask, they know, and they're very intuitive. So definitely want to pay attention to them or ask them. And if they're a nonverbal, do you want to go back to cranial or do you want to go see Karen or whoever the person and see if they give you a response of yes? because um, it can be very helpful and they, they enjoy it and they know it helps them feel better. We're going to take a short break right here. So uh, we're going to talk further about specifics when we come back. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Have you ever wondered why some children recover from their symptoms of autism while others never seem to get any better? After 13 years of research, Karen Thomas has recovered her own son from his symptoms of autism naturally. She now shares how she did it with you in her free webinar so that you can have the right resources and knowledge to help your child. 
The definition of recovery is to regain health. Karen offers this to you in four stages. Healing the gut, natural heavy metal detoxification, balancing the co-infections of autism, brain support, and repair. Register now for this free webinar to help you know what you can do to help your child to sleep better, be more calm, improve focus, and reach their fullest potential to live a happy, healthy life. Go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. Empowering parents with the resources to naturally recover autism from a mom who's done it. Hi there. Welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and thank you for being here today. Uh, I'm pleased to be able to share natural resources with you to help you to recover your own child and get the resources you need to get the optimum results. And today we are talking about craniosacral therapy, which is one of the brain repair options. Uh, You want to be able to support the brain, especially along the way with the gut healing and detoxification and clearing out those co-infections, then brain support is very important. And before the break, I was talking about how the cranial bones move and they're supposed to move in a very, very specific pattern and uh, they can get faulted out of place. Now, you might find that some doctors even still will say the cranial bones don't move and, you know, I have to, I'm here to tell you as an absolute fact, a scientific fact, the cranial bones do move and they are supposed to move. You may have heard of sutures, the little, the little spaces between each bone of the head. If you've ever looked at a picture of the cranium, you will see that, that there are these little, little sort of jagged lines in between different bones of the head. The reason we have sutures is so that if you Say you you walk into a door, you get you get your head gets hit with something hard or hit hit with a a ball. The sutures allow for a little bit of shock absorption for motion. And if we if our brain if our if our cranium was all one bone, that wouldn't be the case. And our and the whole purpose of all of the bones in the head is to protect the brain. And so that those sutures need to be able to have motion so that they, again, have a little bit of flexibility if there's an impact to the head for that motion to be able to, to, uh, to, to again, uh, expand if it needs to. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit, too, about how cranial work craniosacral work works. It's a very, very gentle touch. It's about, we say we use about the weight of a nickel. We use even just a couple of fingers, sometimes just one finger. And and a trained craniosacral therapist will sit quietly and feel for the motion of the bone. And yes, you can actually feel them move once you're trained. Now, I've, I taught for almost a decade uh, uh, taught craniosacral classes and I found some students pick it up right away and some students are into their, their second or third class and they haven't quite felt it yet. So it takes a little bit of time for some people. So, so don't worry if you try to feel a cranial bone motion and you don't feel it. Again, that video I gave to you will give you um, a, just a little bit of an idea about a visual for craniosacral, and I walk you through a couple of things, and you might want to do it to your child while they're sleeping at night because uh, that is definitely um, a nice way when they're when they're quiet and sleeping. I used to climb up above my child's you know pillow and cram my body against the headboard behind me and 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 <laughs> straddle his, his head and just do a little bit of cranial work on him while you, while you're sleeping now. 
know I've given you just a couple of holds in that uh, in that video there just to get an idea and do follow what I what I share with you as far as being very gentle um, but of course for further further treatment you want an experienced craniosacral therapist to, to move things along further because we use just about the weight of a nickel it's a tiny tiny amount of pressure and we never say we adjust we're not doctors uh, but it is something that you become very well trained in with a lot of education from the right the right trainer and a lot of experience. Experience is key in this. When you start looking for a craniosacral therapist and you contact one, again, I've given a couple links on the page for this show uh, at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 38. And a couple of the links for, um, for I, I was taught through the Hill, Hugh Milne, the Milne Institute, and there's also the Upledger Institute, which is uh, well known as well. And, um, and so you want to make sure that the person who you're working is working with your child is educated and experienced. So uh, just ask them. You're interviewing them. You can when you call them. How much experience have you had? How, um, how long have you been practicing? Where were you educated? You'll probably know that from the two websites they gave you. But um, the people I, I don't know about the Upledger Institute, but I can tell you the people on the Milne site have to have graduated the complete program to be on his his website as a listed practitioner, and they are all over the world. So uh, there are resources there for you. Um, so that's really important. But I still would say to ask them, you know, how long they've been practicing, about their experience. Have they ever worked with a child with autism? That's a good thing to know too, um, because they, you know, it, it takes a little bit of. Um, it's a little bit different if your child has trouble um, sitting still or if they're, in, you know, have some behavioral issues. You, you want to be able to know that the, the person or is, is able or willing to, to be able to work with that when you come in. Um, so with this gentle touch, we just wait for the motion. Now, I'll give an example. Um, one is uh, the sphenoid. It's a bone behind the eyes and the optic nerves run through it or over it. So it has a lot to do with visual issues. If it's uh, faulted sideways, it has a lot to do with can create is uh, issues of um, uh, lack of like a total mental fog or dyslexia. They call it the dream bone. If you have a lot of, uh, of dreams of like death and dying and kind of morbid thoughts, that can, can be really affected. Um, it can also be... Um, Let's see, it's just a myriad. I mean, the, the, the sphenoid either directly or indirectly affects every other bone in the, in, the, in the cranial system. So it's very important to know it also holds the pituitary on the top of it. It has a little tiny saddle on the top of the sphenoid. And the sphenoid is supposed to, to gently move forward in flexion and backward in extension. It kind of goes in a forward and backward up or up or down type of motion. There are only two spots on the head where you can even touch it externally, and those are near the temporals on the other on the either side of the eyes. And the universe created it that way to protect it. It is a very very delicate bone. It controls a lot of things in the in the head in the system, and it's very delicate. Now the pituitary again sits right on top of it. Pituitary has a lot to do with with, uh, for one, hormones, hormonal aspects. So as another, uh, another type of symptom you might see is if your child has a lot of hormonal issues, it could be from the sphenoid being faulted. Uh, the sphenoid meets in the center of the head with the occiput, that bone I mentioned at the back of the head that is easily subluxated at birth, So, which can then directly affect those cranial nerves, which will 
can cause, again, back to digestive issues and breathing issues or, or issues of anxiousness. So they, again, you can see how one bone affects another. Um, we need to take a short break right here, but when we come back, I'll continue this discussion and uh, we'll get further into some of this, these, uh, these important pieces for you. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. Stay with us. We will be right back. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and today we are talking about craniosacral therapy. And I wanted to share with you a little bit more about the sphenoid, this bone behind the eyes, because again, as the optic nerves run either over it or through it, it directly affects vision. I mentioned that the saddle that it has on the top of it holds the pituitary, and as the sphenoid flexes forward and backward in its normal motion, then it will, as we say, milk the venous uh, um, sinuses, the venous um, blood flow there, and it milks the blood flow to the pituitary. Now, the pituitary has a lot to do, and this is something um, I'll be doing an interview on the uh, uh, hypothalamic pituitary axis soon with uh, with an interview that we're doing, uh, that I'm doing with a doctor, uh, so you'll get a little bit more further information on that in the future here, but the pituitary directly affects hormones and it affects your sleep, the sleep cycle. I know kids with autism have a lot of problems sleeping. So that's definitely something to know about. Other things you might notice are problems with the uh, the jaw, the temporomandibular joint uh, might be affected. They might have headaches, again, back to visual problems. Uh, sinus issues are very common as well. Teeth problems, any problems with any teeth. So, um, so the sphenoid, again, is a very delicate bone and very important that you know of a very educated craniosacral therapist to work with it. Now, the other thing, too, is that the, the left hemisphere and the right hemispheres of the brain need to be able to um, to work correctly. The left, left hemisphere has more to do with speech and language. Um, if there's a trauma to the left temporal lobe, now again, the, the temporal bones are the bones around the ears. And in that video I share with you that I mentioned, um, that I've linked to on the page here for this, uh, this show, the temporal bones are, are the ones where you're doing this, the temporal ear pull. Now, you want to be very, very gentle when you're doing that because the temporal bones are very easily faulted. And you might notice that, again, your child is hitting their head against something or they're pulling at their ears a lot. Uh, the temporal bones are indicated in a lot of issues with um with, of course, earaches. Uh, so earaches, very important to get uh, craniosacral work and have the temporal bones worked with. Uh, more symptoms you might notice, uh, and whiplash is very important for the temporal bones and the sphenoid as well. Again, remember, they directly are affecting each other. I'm giving you some symptoms here so you can give get some recognition as to where some of your child's symptoms could be possibly coming from. As the left hemisphere has more to do with speech and language, uh, trauma to the left temporal lobe can have have to do with uh, even a loss of speech. Um, it can be uh, fine motor and spatial ability issues, ability to have clear logic, 
uh, verbal memory and happy emotions are very common um, with that. Um, you might notice because the temporals also hold, of course, the the, um, the organs of hearing and balance, that balance is a big one. If your child is clumsy a lot, now this can have to do with some of the gut issues and toxic, toxic load, of course. This is all part of the picture. Remember, it's it's not just one thing with autism, but these are, are the pieces of the puzzle. And that's why I want to make sure that you know about all of them. So if your child is really clumsy, they trip a lot, they're bumping into things, they have a spatial issue, um, that can have, have to do uh, with, the, uh, with the temporal bones being out of balance. And again, they're very easily displaced. You want to be very, very gentle with them. Uh, make sure that, uh, again, you know, your child isn't banging their head into anything. The cranial nerves around the temporal bones will feed the face and the tongue movement. So that's why they might have trouble. They might have trouble in, in a couple of ways with speech. They might have trouble with word recall. You, you and I both, we know those days where, you know, you're, you're trying to think of a word and you just, for some reason, you're like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with me today? I can't think of the word. And, and you'll be talking and it just won't be there. This can be a, a, a faulting of the, the temporal bones. So that can be part of that. Uh, also, in another way it affects speech is, um, again, speech recall in words, but also for how the tongue is able to move because the cranial uh, nerves that feed out of the temporal bones into the face also can uh, affect the, the tongue and its ability to move correctly. You might see this also in people with Bell's palsy where, where one side of the face droops uh, a little bit uh, because of the loss of nerves uh, uh, or nerve, maybe a little bit of nerve damage or irritation from um, possibly, again, from cranial faulting of the temporal bones. So something important to look at into. Also see a lot of problems with temper. Now, I know this is another big issue for children with autism. And I will tell you as an experienced craniosacral therapist, I have never ever seen a child with autism that does not have their temporal bones out of balance ever every child i have seen they're they're quite significantly imbalanced the good news is they can be rebalanced they can be put back uh, very gently again by just allowing some decompression to by allowing the we sort of allow the body to to bring itself back into balance by sort of allowing a little bit of uh I'll say to get out of its way. A little bit of decompression, which pulls the slack out, lets the imbalances subside. It's a very hard thing to describe. So that's why I'm sort of, it, and this, this has been the case since I first started practicing cranial work and all the way through until you experience a session for yourself, it's hard to explain. And I highly, highly recommend that you as a parent get your own session because I know also that as a parent with a child with autism that you're under a lot of stress. We all are. It just is the way of life too. But um, it can be very stressful and you want to be able to, to take care of yourself. It's very important that you take care of yourself as a parent of a child with autism and don't always only think of your child. You've got to think of yourself as, as well. So getting a craniosacral session yourself will help you to understand a little bit more of this as well. 
there's an area called Wernicke's, and that is on the left side at the junction, just behind the ear a little bit, and that has a lot to do with sensory input as well. So again, where these temporal bones are are affecting the sensory input and speech issues, um, as, again, this is uh, just something all that I wanted, wanted, wanted you to be aware of because, again, sensory issues are a big one with children with autism. We need to take a short break right here. When we come back, I will get into a couple more of the uh, specifics and symptoms and what to look for for your child. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. Stay with us. We will be right back. Have you ever wondered why some children recover from their symptoms of autism while others never seem to get any better? After 13 years of research, Karen Thomas has recovered her own son from his symptoms of autism naturally. She now shares how she did it with you in her free webinar so that you can have the right resources and knowledge to help your child. The definition of recovery is to regain health. Karen offers this to you in four stages. Healing the gut, natural heavy metal detoxification, balancing the co-infections of autism, brain support, and repair. Register now for this free webinar to help you know what you can do to help your child to sleep better, be more calm, improve focus, and reach their fullest potential to live a happy, healthy life. Go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. Empowering parents with the resources to naturally recover autism from a mom who's done it. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and today we are talking about craniosacral therapy. And again, I've linked to everything on this page uh, or on the page at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 38, the number's 38, for uh, some links to how to find an educated craniosacral therapist near you, as well uh, as a craniosacral video tutorial that I created, a, a short one that I wanted you as a parent to be able to do a little, know a little bit about what craniosacral th- therapy is in a more of a visual mode. You could, a couple things you could actually practice on your own child. Again, very delicately, please promise me that you will listen to what I uh, what the instructions are that I give you in that video. But it, I wanted to, you to have something to be able to utilize at home. And, and that's what I'm all about. Um, again, like in my step-by-step online program, it's about one thing at a time, doing things slowly, and uh, making sure that you have the resources that you need. Uh, very, very important. And craniosacral therapy is part of this big picture. Again, we have you know all the work with healing the gut and getting working with the pathogenic bacteria and detoxification, and then working with the co-infections. But it's very important to also have brain support. So uh, we're talking again about craniosacral therapy. And I wanted to give you a couple more things I think that would be really helpful for you to know about. And one is, uh, one more thing that's very important is that the, um, when the sacrum at the base of the spine, I mentioned that this is craniosacral, so cranial bones being the head, and then there is what's called a dural tube, a 95% inelastic, meaning it doesn't move much, tube that goes down along the spinal cord and connects with the sacrum, which is the bone at the very bottom base of the spine. So the sacrum, again, is in, you know part of your low back and your pelvic region, 
But if your bat, low back is out, it can actually be affecting your cranial bones and vice versa. Sometimes somebody might have a low back problem, but it's actually a cranial problem. But if the sacrum is is um, imbalanced, if it's if it's jammed in one way, I mentioned the flexion extension pattern. If it gets jammed or out of balance, it can create a lot of hyperactivity. So this can be something, and you might even notice that too in a child. Now again or a small infant. Now, they might be hyper, hard, just have a hard time to calming down. Um, same thing if, if I, meant, I mentioned earlier at birth, if the occiput, that bone at the very back, lower portion of your head, is out of balance and the, it's connecting with the sacrum uh, through that tube, then you want to know that, um, that those can be affecting each other. So that hyperactivity uh, from the sacrum or also the cranial nerves, the vagus nerve being affected around the occiput can cause a lot of, of uh, anxiousness, a lot of anxiety issues and digestive disturbance or breathing disorders, even including asthma issues. So good to know about those. Um, you're uh, the... Um, man, man, uh, the mandible, which is the jawbone, is also a big, big one. The mandible holds more emotion than any other bone in the body. And it is a direct, the, the, uh, the, the jaw and the pelvis are what are called anatomical pairs. Now, that is what it sounds like. The mandible will move, if the mandible is out of balance, the jaw is out of balance, then it will throw the pelvis out of balance. I have commonly over and over and over in 30 years seen somebody with a low back problem that it is actually their jaw that is, is the cause of the problem. Now, the jaw will directly, again, affect the occiput at the back of the head. Um, through the clenching of the teeth, it puts pressure on the maxillary bone, which is what carries the upper teeth. That pressures on, pre- puts pressure on another nerve there, cause a lot of migraines um, with that, that uh, the maxillary issue there is a lot of uh, migraines. Uh, a tip of the day for if you get migraines too before you get to a craniosacral therapist, if you put ice chips on the roof of your mouth to calm down the inflammation in that cranial nerve, or if you put an ice pack on the back of the head right where the hard bone of the occiput meets the soft tissue of the back of the neck there, that those two places can calm down the cranial nerves that are being affected that trigger migraines. So those can be really helpful for you to utilize at home. I have had key success with migraines and cranial work. Uh, One woman who had literally 30 years of debilitating migraines and after two sessions, she reported that they were not back and not coming back. So um, yeah, they're, they're pretty astounding at times what can happen and everybody varies. But uh, it is it is fabulous work, and I I just love it. And so um, I want to get back to the mandible real quick here. So the mandible, the jaw, we you notice a lot of clenching. Sometimes your kids might clench. Well, there are two, or you might. It's very common with stress because we have so much emotion in the jaw, and when we're sleeping, our subconscious is not is. Are, is is the only thing acting our conscious mind like during the day we might start clenching but we'll stop ourselves at some point where when we sleep our our conscious mind is not aware and so we will clench down so hard that some people even crack their teeth and with that clenching affecting the back of the neck affecting jamming all of the teeth up into the maxillary bone the, up into the sphenoid above it there are so many things where it just jams everything so uh, a just fabulous work for working with temporomandibular joint dysfunction, working with the mandible, 
uh, with uh, we do something called unwinding in cranial sacral work, with this, which is key. And I, I liken the analogy of a, uh, a phone card that gets wound up too tight and we are just helping it unwind naturally. Uh, the wave comes back and you just follow with it, go with it until it, it lets go of some of that tension. And it can be uh, tremendous for helping you with, uh, again, temporomandibular joint dysfunction, for headaches, uh, for a lot of anxiousness issues. Um, it's, it's big with that. Um, the um, the mandible also, when we're clenching on it and jamming it, it can, um, we want to know sometimes if it's actually a sinus problem or a tooth infection because with the maxilla, the bone above the, the upper, uh, for, that carry the upper teeth, they can actually have a lot to do with hindering um, the sinuses because there's such a thin layer there. Uh, so you want to make sure that, again, all of these things are worked with depending on your symptoms. Um, if your child is a clencher, whether or you are, whether it's from emotions, which is a very, very big trigger for clenching the jaw, also parasites are very commonly known that uh, if you have parasitic issues that we tend to clench our teeth at night. Uh, you might notice an increase in that in during a full moon because parasites are known to be more active during a full moon. So, uh, and they kind of sort of come out a little bit. And, and, uh, and so if that's the case, it's something for you to, to be aware of and know about to tell these symptoms to your craniosacral therapist when you go see them because this gives them the information they need to help them understand what might be going on and what bones might be imbalanced uh, with basically based on symptoms is is the best key. Uh, these things won't show up. Cranial faulting does not show up in MRIs. It will not show up in x-rays. So you want to know that it's these symptoms that, that uh, craniosacral therapist will, is looking for that are their actual best guide to being able to work with your child or you or anybody else. And the unwinding and the freeing of these uh, of, of, of all of the cranial bones. And again, for the mandible, there are some muscles called the lateral pterygoids. And when they, up in here, when we clench our teeth, they get really tight and they create something called a constant on Ingram. And what that means is that the brain, this also is very common when we have something to say, but we don't say it. Very, very common in women through societal um, being taught, you know, only say something nice or don't say it if it's not nice. So if you don't speak when you need to, then the brain is still sending messages to those muscles to speak and it will continue to do so. And those muscles get tighter and tighter and tighter if we're not speaking and saying what we need to. So very important to find your way to get your voice to speak because, you know, you end up with jaw problems. And again, that ends up in commonly also low back problems as well. So we need to take a short break right here. Stay with us. Uh, you're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. We will be. Hi there. Welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and today we are talking about craniosacral therapy. And I want to make sure you know that uh, that links to my craniosacral video tutorial for you as a parent, a couple of things that you could maybe do with your on your own child are on that page at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 38 and links to a couple of the most well-known schools in the world that uh, where you could find an educated craniosacral therapist uh, closest to you to be able to get some work done for your child and again for yourself. Very, very important to take care of yourself. I know that we spend so much time working on uh, on and with our kids. We have to focus on ourselves as well. 
and especially the stress, the induced stress uh, here. And I know it well. I've lived it. As you know, I am a parent of a child who once had a, had autism. And I know how difficult it can be. And uh, and things like this, craniosacral work, can be, for one, extremely relaxing as well as so therapeutic for what it can do for you uh, to, to get those bones back into place and allow your brain to function at optimum. Um, there's something else I wanted to mention real quick because I think it's, it's easy for you to do at home with your child. And uh, such a simple thing is that the the muscles just below your jawbone on your neck on the on both the sides they run kind of they run from right under your ear and then down forward toward your throat a little bit toward the uh, center of your throat a little bit those two bones that are muscles that stick out and you can feel them on each side they're called the sternocleidomastoids or SCMs and they help to relieve some of the congestion in the lymphatic system so when the detoxification is happening and the lymphatic system backs up a little bit those can be helpful to just just gently rub downward in a downward motion along those and it'll also help not only with detoxification but it helps to reduce some of the inflammation Um, so that's a really helpful little um little piece that I want to make sure I gave you too. There's so much that I could tell you about craniosacral therapy. I mean, we could just go on and on. Uh, another couple of things that are very calming for your child if they'll let you, um, depending on where, if they're uh, really feeling hyper or overstimulated, one hand on the forehead and one hand on the occiput at the lower back of the head there, those will help calm the system down as well. So very good to know. Um, and again, I have so much information I'd love to share with you, but we are almost out of time. So so I want to make sure that you do know that I do, I have the uh, the free webinar coming up where I'm taking the 30 days of resources that I've given you this month. And if you have not gotten those yet, please go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 30 days, just three zero days. Get those resources. There's PDFs, checklists, video tutorials there for you uh, on uh, natural resources uh, for natural recovery from autism. And I'm going to take what I've given you in those 30 days and more, and I'm going to wrap it up and put it more into actionable steps for you in an upcoming uh, free webinar that I've got. And that's just a matter of days away. So please, if you are not already on my uh on my mailing list, go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com and right there on the homepage in the upper left corner, it'll say subscribe for free resources here. Make sure you're on the mailing list so that you can get the link to that webinar when it comes out. And please share it with friends, share it with anybody you know who might be interested in this information um, to get the uh, natural resources for you as a parent for what you can do for your child and get not just results, but getting the optimum results. And that's what it's about. And in healthy, safe and natural way. Thank you so much for being here. I really look forward to seeing you next week and uh, take care. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and I look forward to seeing you soon.